Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purple Theory Podcast. My name is Grant McGalliard. I have alongside with me my friend and co-host, Parker Fleming, as always. Parker, how's it going, bud? Going great, man. How about that transition to get in here? I felt uh, How about good you about restarting the playing again. music? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very, uh, very fun. No, doing, doing, uh, doing all right. Been, uh, been a week. It's about all I can say. But uh, here we, here we are. Okay. All right. Well, that's kind of ominous, but I'm not gonna, you know, <laughs> you do whatever you need to, man. Um, I will say I had a plan this weekend to go to my uh, family's ranch house. Um, in Midfield, Texas. I don't know if you're aware. I was going to write some songs. I was going to do, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the air conditioning is out. So I have a day off on Friday with nothing to do. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, what is there to do in Bay City except get in trouble? So, well, I play a lot of golf. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. Uh, this is the Iowa State preview episode. But before we get into talking about the Cyclones, Got to do two things. Number one, mention that we are part of the Republic of Football Podcast Network. Um, shout out to everybody at Dave Campbell's. Um, and two, big news came out. NCAA football ah. 2024 comes out next summer. Were you a, a frequent player? Did you take part in the NCAA football uh, universe? Okay, so not as much, not as much as other. I, you know what I did? I had the YouTube on right there because I was looking at the comments and trying to do the metrics as well, and the audio just came and got me. So we're still working on, uh, we're still working on uh, <laughs> technical difficulties. In terms of playing uh, NCAA, I, I did a little bit. I never like had a console growing up in the fraternity house. We would like play. And I kept a little spreadsheet that was like our league. And we did that like maybe one year or something, but never anything that I like, you know, had a, had a longstanding relationship with just kind of played here and there. So excited about it, but I will couch this discussion in saying that like, this will not move the needle for me on my life at, at all. Uh, the, the new game coming out. Well, way to be a wet blanket. I, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we kind of did a similar thing um, in the fraternity house I lived in, but it was just with uh, FIFA, the soccer game. Um, I will say, is there an athlete, any player from NCAA that you remember being a cheat code, guy that couldn't be beat, anything like that? See, I always liked to um, run the triple option. <laughs> like I like yeah. to like be Alabama and run the triple option. Um I can't even remember. I'm so lame. I can't even remember who I would like play with. I think that what we did was something crazy. Like we did a draft. And so I ended up like being Memphis, but then drafting guys and God help me. I can, I can hardly remember again. I I'm totally, I'm totally just throwing a uh, complete glass of cold water on this conversation. Yeah, this, this, blows, here. this, this is, I'm trying to yes. On. And, but I just didn't, I just didn't play in in the very much. I, I, um, uh... Okay, Ryan well, Mallet. Ryan Mallet was my cheat code, and yeah. <laughs> I do remember running the triple out of the I formation uh, with North Carolina uh, in mm. two thousand eight. I think I remember Brian Brom uh, from Louisville. You just couldn't bat down any of his passes. He was a a gunslinger. Um, he would always make trouble for me. And then I remember NCAA 06, 
the soundtrack got me into NoFX, got me into um, a lot of punk music. Um, so I have, I have a special bond with that video game. Excited to see what happens yeah. next year. So hopefully it's not just a re-engineered Madden engine. I anyway, yeah. I'm worried that okay. So I think I think uh, the homies at uh, Smoking Musket Musket tweeted yeah. this out, and I retweeted it today. But it was like I want to get excited, but until EA makes like a non-terrible video game, I'm not gonna trust it. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that like yeah, I would be worried that what they're gonna do is put Madden and change the logos and the player names. And then just funnel you towards microtransactions. Um, Yeah. In this day and age, I'm so skeptical about them working on like the main gameplay being fun and like the dynasty online stuff being fun and more so like funneling you toward the parts of the game where you can buy packs to get better players and and yada, yada. Yeah. Matt Brown does great uh, research and interviews on this. He's, he's, if you want to know what's going to happen with NCAA, follow Matt Brown on Twitter. Um, But I'm, I'm hoping that it's just not going to be a reskin of Madden into college football. Um, and I, I, I think so much of the appeal of the original NCAA games were, hey, I'm going to recruit the hell out of uh, southern Mississippi and take them to five straight national championships. So I hope they maintain that ethos moving forward. Parker, you want to talk about the Cyclones? Man, I... This, in the original Purple Theory podcast, this was the team that I think you hated on the most. In a very narrow capacity, and mostly because of a couple things. One, their one good season was the COVID year where they allegedly uh, skirted some, flaunted some COVID rules. um, And like didn't, never had one of those games where they played like 40 men to, you know, like where they only had 40 guys on the roster or something. Um, there a bunch of one score games there too. And two, because like it, it literally was just like at the, at the time a six, six weirdos. And as my following kind of got bigger, I was like, okay, I'm going to stop entertaining this. But like, <laughs> y- there were people who just say terrible, terrible things to you at the first sign of criticism, of Matt Campbell. So like, I'll even tweet that now about like, oh, they have a special teams, um, miscue, uh, you know, that that's, that's an Iowa state thing. And someone get it or like the whole thing about Matt Campbell, not having an agent, not that he wasn't pursuing other jobs, but he wasn't, he doesn't have an agent and it's bad of you to say he has an agent. Cause all he has is actually a lawyer who looks at his contracts, but he doesn't have an agent. And just like the weird sticking points of things yeah, that people would it, say are so odd to me, but then it got weirdly personal. And I was like, well, I don't want to be involved with this anymore. So I kind of walked away from that, but um, yeah, very, I mean, it, it just, it went, it was very holier than thou is the best way I can put it to be like, Oh, our coach doesn't even have an agent. He's doing it all on his own. He has no ego. It's like, it's like my dude, how do you think that like people talk about Matt Campbell as a candidate for USC? Like that doesn't just come from anywhere, you know, Yeah, or come from nowhere. So anyway, I think that's all, all that to say, uh, funny, but also something that I'm just not interested in, in that particular, uh, yeah. Uh, class of weirdos, but there are some, there are some, um, there are some cultists for Iowa state, which is interesting because they were bad for very, very long and they um, were kind of decent once. And a lot of people just took that inch and made it, tried to make it into a couple miles there. So um, as we turn to Iowa state, I think that's, what's interesting to kind of couch it in is like, they have been better than they have been. 
historically. Sure. But this is their, well, we'll talk about their 2022. Like they're in a really weird position where you start to ask yourself, like, did Matt Campbell raise the ceiling to that like nine and three 2020 thing? Or did he just like slightly increase the floor? And what do we do about that? Like, because at some point there's a reason that he is still at Iowa state. Yeah. Right. I think, yeah. I think the question is almost, did he raise the ceiling too high? Right. To where it's like, Hey, you know, they won 10 games all, you know, um, kind of qualifiers aside, they did um, win 10 games never. or whatever it was or nine. No, no, that's Have the whole still thing. Not won 10 games? Never had a 10 win game, 10, Jeez 10 win seasons. Christ. Even okay. with all of that, their best season grant was just nine and three in COVID year. We try to be optimistic on these podcasts. That's horribly depressing. It's um, very sad. And they've been really bad. And that's like early on. I feel like a lot of people are kind of trying to dunk on, Matt Campbell, because they um, they were like, oh my gosh, he's you know eight and five, eight and five, or whatever. But like you don't understand how terrible these teams were under under Gene Chizik and Paul Rhodes. I mean, like Gene awful, Chizik awful, just abysmal seasons. And a little bit, twenty twenty looked like one of those abysmal seasons. Um, sure, or twenty twenty two rather. And and so we can we can talk about the the twenty twenty two. But like, it's very important to have a well calibrated sense of expectations, much like for Kansas. I'm not putting yeah. them on the same level of like destitution, but in terms of like haves and have nots, Iowa state is still firmly on the have nots. And when we talk about them and we'll try to talk ourselves into, into some of these units, um, some of us will, we just have to remember like, what is good, what is good for Iowa state. And I think what's good for Iowa state is like consistently flirting with a bowl and getting there more years than they're not. So um, 2022, was the they ended a five year bowl bowl streak? That's great. That's amazing. Five like five out of six years for a bowl yeah. is um, not something they had done. They they missed a bowl for four seasons before uh, before that, and uh, and I think that they they can they can kind of say if we're going to a bowl most years, and then every once in so often going to a good bowl, that's that's going to be really really kind of the the wheelhouse for for Iowa State consistently. Yeah. I guess my point earlier talking about Matt Campbell setting the bar too high is, hey, okay, so you win nine games in 2020. And now national expectations for people that don't know the history of Iowa State and don't know how you use the word destitution kind of close to that level, where that program has been, now it's like, all right, well, Show me more. Are you going to win 10? Are you going to win 11 games, et cetera? Yeah. And, and, then and that's how you games, get into a situation yeah. where like FPI has you in three of the top five most likely right. playoff and so simulations like, hey, and you go seven and six. That's not going to happen. And then you have Matt Campbell who doesn't have an agent to make that clear, but is also very clearly angling for bigger program jobs. Is, is he? He got he linked to Notre he Dame. He I got, listen to that. That's my take. He got linked he to Notre not. Dame. Yeah. He got linked to USC. And then last year, he was linked to the Cincinnati job. I don't think there's anyone. His his people called TCU about the opening. Yeah. he. I want to make this very clear. He should not look for a different job because he is in the sweet spot in Ames where he can win oh, eight think- games forever if he can win eight games for forever, but like you heard people talk, like they're not going to be as good this year. And we'll get to that. But like you heard people already talking about Campbell 
and not in the sense that we're talking about Campbell, like, Hey, was the COVID year an outlier? And maybe this isn't like college football's rising star, but more mm-hmm. people like Matt Campbell can't do, can't, can't do it anymore. Uh, and, and like they're they're the tide is the tide is precocious, I think in terms of, uh, turning on, uh, precarious, not precocious, precarious, uh, in terms of turning, uh, or potentially turning on, on Matt Campbell. And so I think that like, if he does another, if he had lost two, two, two more losing seasons in a row, they're, they're going to have a conversation. I think there's a really great question to be had, and we probably should have researched this before we or thought about it more before we did this podcast, but you say Matt, uh, Matt Campbell can't do it anymore. My major question is what is it? Well, it is what you're talking about with like the people saw a nine and three 2020 beat Oklahoma sure. win the Fiesta Bowl and think, okay, he's going to climb to the top of the world. But but it it's looking increasingly more like that was the outlier season. And there's some yeah. pretty big reasons why that might be the case. Yeah. And his brand of football, and we'll get we'll get into this, is bland enough and kind of vanilla enough where it can be anything you want it to be. But so Let's get into our preview. We have this nice Google document here, and it'd be a shame if we didn't read into it. Um, That's very if you don't true. mind, I'll, I'll read some comments from Matt Campbell from Spring Bowl. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, this is a quote. It's going to be 43 degrees, and we're going to keep it pretty simple. This is before the game. Nothing Saturday will tell you if we'll be good or not, but I think that what I've seen is that this group, uh, has really grown in terms of the areas to take no talent to get better. That is a word salad that I, as an editor in real life, appreciate a ton. That means nothing. Yeah. What is, um, like, I understand talking about intangibles, um, but it does feel vaguely like politician stump speech and not so yes. much in the, Hey, this is a typical thing that a coach says during spring. Um, like Lance Leipold last week we were talking about, he was like, we're physical or whatever. You know, yeah, he said something, yeah, yeah. This it's feels something. like mealy mouthed almost just, just trying to say something for the sake of saying something, uh, but not really having something to say. Yeah. If you want succession, uh, it's the Connor Roy, uh, Connor Roy was, uh, interested in politics from a very young age. That's what that quote is. It means nothing and is nothing. Um, will you stop trying to relate things to pop culture just so people will like it? How many Parks and Recreation references, a show that I have not seen, <laughs> do you continue to make on this damn podcast? Uh, quoting Hunter Deckers here, because now I'm mad at Parker. Uh, quoting Hunter Deckers, I would just say that the whole mindset that everyone has this spring is just completely different. We thought last year that we were working hard, but this year we've just taken it to a whole new level. This Parker, year we're hardly working. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> that means nothing. And the yeah. spring game recap from Matt Campbell. A collective win for our program. Both our offense and our defense played poorly. That's what that means. Yeah. I, yeah. So again, the, the golden rule of spring is like if one unit looks great, that means the other unit's yeah, terrible. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that. For instance, like one of the reports I saw from spring was that like the offensive line played great and, you know, Iowa state lost two NFL defensive ends last year. So yeah, it makes sense that their Mm -hmm. offensive line is playing a little bit better in, in spring. Um, but I, I I think some of those are interesting. Like, I mean, it was 43 degrees and like, it's hard to do spring football up North 
And, yeah. uh, and so, you know, it can only mean what it can mean. Maybe there's some development issues with them not being able to practice as much and, and, and not being able to play a full game. But generally I, I sensed out of Campbell's comments, less conviction and yeah. a little bit more general optimism which speaks, and again, this might be reading too much into this, and I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but 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 leads me more towards he's frustrated with the last two seasons being underwhelming and isn't 100% sure why they happened like they did. Um, yeah. As opposed to, hey, got a clear vision, understand why we're not getting that vision. And you know what? They're talking about goals. Maybe that's what he means with the goals. Maybe, maybe he does have that clear vision. But um, yeah, kind of interesting to see where they're at with some of those post-spring comments, which, again, only mean what they what they mean. Um, Grant, let's look at their 2022 and, yeah, and turn backwards set. before we get yeah, into yeah. these. Um, four and eight. That was the worst record uh, since Matt Campbell's first year, 2016. They went three and nine. They did beat Iowa for the first time since 2014, the first under Matt Campbell. Um, but in some ways, they to, to beat Iowa, they had to become Iowa. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> We'll talk about that what with their points for Kansas, 14 to 11, 14 to 11. And they lost um, not a real score. Not yeah. great. Not great. They're, they're three and seven in their last 10 against the Hawkeyes. They're one and five against the Hawkeyes against Campbell. I only focus on that because for a team that's not going to be nationally competitive consistently, that is in a Midwestern team. That's a pretty big benchmark of like, if Matt Campbell beat Iowa three out of five years, um, I don't think they would care what he was doing elsewhere. So, so I think that's an interesting bellwether to kind of keep your thumb on uh, while you're talking about this team. They ended a five-season bowl streak, like I mentioned earlier. They were one and eight in the Big 12. That's last in the Big 12. That's the Not fewest good. conference wins under Campbell. That is the third worst conference season since 2000 for the Cyclones um, in terms of What's winning percentage. That? It's not great. They started out three and zero. Granted, they played an FCS team. Granted, they played uh, what Ohio, uh, a, a MAC team as well. Um, and they finished one and eight in that stretch of one and eight. Grant, they were outscored twenty four to sixteen point three per game. Um, if you if you cut TCU's score in half, TCU beat them sixty two to whatever. That's huge. Um, if you cut that in half as an outlier, it's 20, 20.6 to 16.3. Um, they beat some decent teams. They beat uh, a nine and three FCS decent. team, eight and five decent. Iowa, 10 word. and four Ohio. Decent college, word. decent. Okay. I mean, five and seven WVU is the only Big 12 not, team. They are not a decent team. No, they stunk like out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Points for for Iowa State, uh, 116th, 200 points. That is not a lot of points. That's not a lot of points. That's not enough no. points. <laughs> that's, it, it, that's a great way to put it. It's not enough points. Uh, the defense was good, 20, uh, 23rd in the country, allowed 233, but that's a negative three-point differential. So 81st best, to use a word that shouldn't apply to Iowa State in anything. Uh, in the country, um, they just kind of stuck. I mean, I mean, twenty-one point two points allowed is fourth in the Big Twelve. Great, their defense is fine, but they only scored eighteen point two, and that's the worst in the conference. And again, this was a conference that included West Virginia, twenty twenty-two yeah. West Virginia. Um, very, very bad. They did, and you have this note here, and I do appreciate it. Have a better point differential than Kansas. 
or 12. Which is wild. Yeah, because Kansas was a better team than Iowa State last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely, absolutely yeah. wild. Kansas yeah. is definitely more fun. I think the defensive, the defensive Iowa State and the offensive Kansas would have been a very, very good team last year. I'm, they I'm inclined to believe. Meet each other and, and, and you know, go, um, go get some coffee, you know, uh, talk about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I, in terms of expected win percentage, just based on points scored and points allowed, uh, 0.414 win percentage. That's 13th out of the 14 Big 12 teams. Their actual win percentage is 0.272, which is 11th. That difference between those two was negative 0.142, which is the biggest difference, the biggest negative difference great. between expectation and reality. So again, that suggests that we weren't projecting them to be great, but 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 not necessarily indicative of them being abysmal. But we they 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 underperformed. Um regardless there. So really, really tough. Um, we should know, and we'll talk about this in the offense, like Jirel Brock got hurt and they couldn't run the football to save their lives. And so yeah. like that, that dramatically changed their season, but what we'll talk about that instinctively. So it's not just one, like everything was a failure. It was like, things weren't great. And then their running back got hurt and they didn't have an offensive line and just couldn't do anything. Um, and, and really were kind of feckless towards the end. So really ran out of gas. That TCU blowout at the end of the season is kind of emblematic of like, dude, we just don't care anymore. Um, yeah, which not typical of a Matt Campbell team, I think ideally, um, but, but perhaps, um, just emblematic of like, it's hard when you're, when you're losing and, and kind of getting blown out, uh, at the end of the game, they, they, all of their losses, except that TCU game were, were one score losses. So they were in every game, even if they were frustrating, um, and, and arguably should have won some of those, like the Texas yeah. game, the Kansas state game. There's a couple just absolutely the Kansas game. Even there's a couple opportunities missed here and there that were just, um, absolutely heartbreaking for for iowa state i like the word feckless i think it kind of summarizes the offense but we will get to that in a minute um parker you want to talk about uh, uh recruiting real quick um iowa state seventh in the big 12 they have one four-star qb uh jj cole out of ann kenny you had that note where the hell is ann kenny no ankeny ankeny iowa. excuse me Oh, in Iowa. Okay. Well, yeah. I know two cities. He's a big in kid. Iowa. I guess I know three: Cedar Rapids, Des Moines, and Ames. So, Iowa, Iowa City. That's four. Martinsdale. Oh, that's yeah. five. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the hell Martinsdale is. Um, but they do have seven Council, Iowa Council teams. Bluffs. Council Bluffs. Uh, Max Duggan's hometown. Council Bluffs, Colin. Um, they were 39th in 2022. They're 59th in 2021. And there's. I guess some hope there in terms of, Hey, they improve by 12 spots. Um, but I, I don't necessarily trust Matt Campbell as a recruiter to program. He's not, he's not going to bring in um, a blue chip ratio of, of, yeah. of 25 oh, or anything, you know, yeah. it's it, they're, they're working with what they're working with in the recruiting. I think the issue there is just making sure that the bottom isn't too low, especially with the new guys in the big 12 who will get a recruiting bump. Um, you just got to make sure that that talent differential is not so great that you can't overcome it, which it had been in the past. But I think they're, I think they're still firmly in the, like this roster is not garbage. It's not great, but it's not garbage. Disagree, but at just at certain positions. Um, I also want to make a note before we delve into offense defense, Iowa state has the worst roster website of any team in the big 12. It's like their entire operation is bad. Um, it's hard is, to navigate. It's 
crazy because don't most of the teams use like the same two or three providers and they just like don't use one of those providers and so it's bad yeah like west virginia really has a guy that like writes actual analysis about west virginia football and they put it on the website which i enjoy but iowa states is is just hard to navigate i I, i'm I'm just getting that on the record didn't west virginia cite us on their website do you remember that that was like 2019 yeah they did they and i'm like wow you shouldn't do that um yeah all right that was like so, the baylor uh grant texted me before this podcast and was like dude can we just like let's be efficient and i'm gonna go down a rabbit trail here but like 2000 2019 maybe 2021 the baylor sid was like hey can i quote this stat that you brought up yes, about like yeah. returning starters well, and yeah. i said yes but you have to put my name and my twitter account in there and he said okay and he didn't put my twitter account <laughs> so he's canceled well screw them uh parker let's get down the basics um you have your uh, your nerd stats here. Tell us about the Iowa State offense before we go uh, deeper into position groups. Yeah, Iowa State offense, um, 76% returning production. That's 28th overall. And I think that's pretty dang good considering they're losing an NFL wide receiver in Xavier Hutchinson and the fact that Jirel Brock was hurt. I think that, that's a, that, that should be considered a strength. Um, returning production, they're losing one, one lineman, but – um, aside from that should be a pretty strong unit. They were hundred first in EPA per play on offense. Um, 67th against the pass 124th, uh, in the rush. They did rush 9.8 percentage points less than the average team. So yeah, really inefficient run game. And they didn't run a lot. Like they just could not run the ball to save their life. Um, two, well, two things that Brees I think Hall's are really, not there. Your boy, uh, you lose, you lose yeah. Brees Hall, man, bad things happen. Um, Really, really interesting note. A couple of things. One, they were 96th in echo rate. So in generating quality possessions, they just did not give themselves a lot of opportunities. And then they squandered those opportunities, which is particularly frustrating given how close some of these games were. Like five of six losses were what or eight, sorry, four and eight. Seven yeah, of eight losses eight. were yeah, ones per losses. Yeah. 99th in points per quality possession, 3.51. Grant, that means when they got a first down inside the opponent 40, they were averaging 3.51 points. That's not enough. That's not good. They could not score to save their lives. Um, they're early. And then the other thing is um, early downs EPA. You're passing a ton, right? Yeah. And you're not very efficient in the run game. You're 120th on early downs EPA. Um, what happens when you get behind the chains? You get in worse passing situations. It's going to bring your passing efficiency down. It's just kind of a vicious cycle uh, there because they um, it, it's not even like, oh, they needed a star running back. It was like, dude, they couldn't even run the ball to get three yards. Like it was just absolutely nothing there on the run game. Uh, 124th in rushing success rate, 31.2 less than one in three runs was successful. That is not, that's not the plan. That's not the plan. That's not not how it's supposed to go for, for Iowa state. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that later just in terms of um, what the running back core looks like and what the weapons they have available, but this was an offense that was struggling for an answer. Um, I think probably leaning heavily on Hunter Deckers. Uh, again, we'll get to him very soon, but this was not a functional offense uh, in any sense of the word. I know. I, I mean, they still passed reasonably well, but not anywhere, not well enough to dig them out of this just cataclysmic hole. Like you just can't raise yeah, a man, run game from the dead with, with Hunter Deckers, yeah. I think is the way to say that. We're trying to be nice and even still it's tough. We no, this is the postmortem. We can be mean about last year because we're going to be nice yeah. about, we're going to talk yeah. ourselves into him well, this year. I'm not, but 
Um, this coaching staff has two. I want to get to this. Two Purple Theory podcast favorites. Number one, Kyle Kemp, if you remember him from Dude, Iowa State. Shout out, shout out uh, to the GOAT. Computer science major, yeah, super nice just, guy. Just nice guy. Jake Waters, Kansas State legend. Interesting. Uh, the opposing quarterback in the 2014 Trevon yep. Boykin. Uh, you know, the Boykin flip game. game. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild, man. That is a that is a college football staff. Yeah, I noticed that a couple times that Deckers went off and was talking to somebody on the sideline as I was watching games. And I was like, dude, who is that guy? And then I realized, oh, it's Kyle Kemp. I know who that was. And so, yeah, yeah that's that's pretty fun. Well, like having Jake Waters on staff, I was like, all right, well, just throw it to a fast guy. That's kind of what Jake did. And, you know, it worked out. Or run into uh, wide open space. I mean, it's not. Or, yeah, yeah. It's, not <laughs> it's not complicated, man. Just do what I did. Um, Iowa State's returning production. Grant, I'd like to say that I could probably beat anyone in NCAA if I had uh, Jake Waters and uh, and um, uh, what's his name, uh, the wide receiver, no, Tyler Lockett. I could do I could do Waters and Tyler Lockett, and I could uh, I could beat anybody in NCAA. I like that. I I I would take um, Taylor Rudolph and James Washington, or not Taylor Rudolph. That's Mason Rudolph. Taylor uh, Cornelius and James Washington. Um, yeah, Yukon Cornelius and Junkyard Jim. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That could beat anybody. Anyway, I would say uh, the return production, 67th overall, 63%. Uh, 76% on offense. And that includes losing Xavier Hutchinson, who is now a Houston Texan. And I have great joy in knowing that he is uh, on our roster. And uh, 51% return production on defense. That's 95th in the country. So... For a team that has done well on the defensive side of things, this is what you want to be in. But I, I, I still have questions about talent, and we'll get to that later. But yeah, I mean, they're going to have to do some stuff with the offense for sure. Um, but I would much rather have, I'd much rather have to trust turnover on the defense with this program than have to trust turnover on the yeah. Offense. But I, I, this spoiler alert for our listeners, um, this is probably the one team that. Parker and I disagree with the most. Um, I haven't even I, looked I, at your I, ratings. I, I want to see have where them you have that. Very, yeah. very, very uh, low. So well, we'll see what they can see what they can do. They brought in um, they they promoted coordinator Nate Shieldhouse, uh, yeah. Illinois Illinois quarterback legend. He's one of two big t- Big Ten players in history to have eight thousand passing yards and two thousand rushing yards. Love that little fun fact for his bio. Yeah. Um, he's wide receivers coach a little bit. He's a running backs coach for a little bit. They credit him with developing David Montgomery, but you know, whatever. Um, that is what it is. They, they basically came to a point with Tom Manning where they just, um, just felt like they couldn't, couldn't do anything. He couldn't even use the tools they had, couldn't get anything going. So they parted ways. He's back in the NFL. Um, and there's a lot of hope that Shieldhouse, uh, with a little bit more of an offensive aggression mindset, could really help this offense along with the um, offensive line coach, Ryan Clanton, who was the Northern Illinois, no, sorry, Northern Iowa offensive coordinator and line coach. He is responsible for Trevor Penning and Spencer Brown, who was a first round and a third round offensive line pick 
from the FCS ranks. And that offense was, was pretty, um, pretty hardcore. So we'll talk about Clanton more, but, but it, it does feel like Campbell at least tried to get a breath of fresh air. I think on our coaching podcast, I mentioned, I don't know about, I don't know about an internal promotion when the offense is this bad, but bringing in Clanton too, I think is, is going to be really, really um, a, a good way to address some of their, some of their needs. Yeah. I, so Iowa State kind of runs this scheme, and I think I alluded to it earlier, but it's very vanilla, right? It's, In the past, it, we've it, called it like the vanilla spread. Yeah, right. And I don't even know if you have a coordinator that's talented, gifted, etc., how much you can improve on the scheme that Matt Campbell wants to run. Um, they did pass a hell of a lot last year. Decker's had almost 100 more attempts than what, anyone else in the Big 12. Part of that is because of game state, right? So they were down a bunch. Decker's had the pass. Part of that is because uh, Julio Brock was hurt, and they don't have any running backs. But um, when they do run, it's outside zone. It's it, it's nothing innovative. Um, so it, it it's a very conservative offense, and uh, I I don't like it. I'll put it that way, but that's kind of the overview of what Iowa State does with the ball. Yeah, and re and rewatching a little bit of it, I I kind of tried to move away from calling it like boring because I think in some ways it is. But it is, but that's the thing. But if I, I tried is. to watch, it's like I tried to do the chess match thing and be like, all right, how do I watch this in a way that kind of tries to highlight what they're doing? And they sure. do a lot of they do a lot of like leverage motion especially in the run game, but that's, that's more historical last year. They couldn't execute very well, but like the Texas game, Iowa, Iowa state versus Texas. I'm going to talk about that a lot. Cause that's kind of Iowa state at their best last mm. season, I think. Um, and there was a lot of sets where because Deckers is left-handed, the defense is a little bit off kilter. You motion a guy into leverage and then they lose Xavier Hutchinson. Um, yeah. And, 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 and Deckers gets in a reasonable window. So like, I think it's a lot more about leverage and balance. I think it's, um, it's a little bit more pre-snap strategic than perhaps what we're used to with, um, uh, college sure. offenses and a little bit more, not, not as funky as Kansas's motion, but more so in the sense that like Deckers is going to have maybe two reads. He's not going to be running this like RPO pop pass somersault, you know, uh, bazooka offense like he's going to be running <laughs> hey here's the play we're going to line up we're going to get leverage we're going to execute it it is it is football with a capital f i think is is how i would frame that i'll ask you this do you think matt campbell just wants to be chris Kleiman? i don't i mean i don't know why he wouldn't want to be chris Kleiman. well he yeah he's not he's um, not an as guy. good but i know i I just feel like the offense is kind of similar in terms of, hey, we have no athletes and we're going to try to get them in space. But Iowa State does it just much worse than Kansas State does. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to look at that, especially when we consider like Deckers and Howard as we watch Kansas State whenever we do that preview. Yeah. So I think let's file that away because those are two teams like developmentally that want to be the same. And one of them is is certainly recently outpacing the other, even though the templates are the same. Sure. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure enough. I haven't watched them in relief enough to make a strong statement about that. I've leaned towards no, but college okay. offense is college offense, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there are a couple Fair key enough. questions though, as we, as we look at this offense, it's like the formula is not going to change. They're not going to come out and run 
the the veer and shoot or something like it's not going to go crazy right? <laughs> right um there's a couple questions as they do this one will a healthy brock matter how much is that going to help having any running back let alone yeah. no running backs um can they and, and and with that can they finish drives can they start scoring touchdowns more often than field goals when they get those quality possessions that last year was a huge problem they couldn't do that um how much can the offensive line improve in a year they're going to have to make huge strides. Grant, I sent you, I think, three screenshots in the last week of yeah, a pass rush great, play man. where yeah. different linemen were literally on their ass. Um, and you just can't have that happen. Like, you just you can't do that. And lastly, I think is is kind of a, a, a looming question that might be a little more message boardy than I want it to be. But, like, what's the leash on Deckers before you bring this cold no. kid in? We're going to talk about him. Yeah, uh, It's very interesting to me because, like, this is – uh, I once heard someone say that, who is it? John Mulaney does a bit where he says like, this is, this isn't like 2012. He was like, Donald Trump is, uh, is a horse a horse man's idea of a, yeah, yeah. no, 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 not this one. The, um, the, he's like the, he's like a, a homeless man's idea of what a rich person is. Like, oh, yes. when I get rich, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have feathered hair and put my name on hotels, yeah. or whatever. And a little bit, this backup kid that they brought in is like a middle school quarterback's ideal college quarterback. Cause he's just like this big dude. And so we'll talk about him, but like at some point, if the offense doesn't go, when you have Brock, if the offensive line's got a little better, you gotta, you gotta switch, you gotta switch him out and, and see what happens. So I'm interested in, in that. Um, all right. We were at 37 minutes and we haven't even started talking about it. Yeah, I think that's worse than Kansas. Let's, uh... Literally, you texted me today and said, keep it snappy. And I am just refusing. I apologize. I... <laughs> let's get into, let's get into quarterbacks. <laughs> let's get into quarterbacks. Uh, Hunter Deckers. You and I have different, got... uh, different opinions about Hunter. I will yeah. read you the stats and then hold on. He's I will read this. Hold on. I will read you the stats and then we'll discuss. So 56.4 uh, QBR quarterback ratings. That's 71st in the country. 52.3%. Oh, sorry. 52.3 rating passing. That's 34th. And uh, negative 3.5 rushing. That is 114. It's also bad at avoiding sacks. Negative 17.5. That's 94th. Um, He's not good at it. He's not good at it. So he aims small and misses small. So you you have a point on this, and I, I, I want to allow you space to build your argument before I destroy it. So go ahead. Okay, so I think that Deckers had to force a lot here. Okay. Um, given the offensive line play, I think he absolutely has the potential to hit the big throws. 15 big time throws. That's that's um, 3.2%. That's ninth in the Big 12. And his turnover worthy plays were 2.5%, which was 12th out of 12. Like that's that's or uh, th- that's the best out of the Big 12. Like he, sure. he did not put it in harm's way a ton. Um, but the average depth of target was only 7.5. That's yeah. last in the Big 12. 74.2 adjusted completion percentage, which is fifth. So it kind of comes down to could they really run the offense that they wanted to run? Was he even in a position to make the reads he needed to make and actually get in a position where we could evaluate him? Or was he just trying to not get sacked every play? Which is an important distinction with a young quarterback. Another argument in his favor, Grant, 26 drops. Um, That's a lot of drops. 8% of his passes. First first in the Big 12. 
and seventh, uh, first overall in the Big 12 in total drops and in yards lost to drops, but that's fourth in, in drop rate. Still a lot there. Um, and he had the most sacks taken, but he actually had the most pressure dropbacks. Again, an argument in his favor. Yeah, yeah, 17.4%. That's ninth. That's again, lower is better there. So ninth is better. Um, and he's still negative 17.5 expected points added because of stacks. Um, that's a hard situation. It's a hard situation. Dude's fighting for his life. Have you seen the tape, Parker? It's bad. Like he he makes okay. a lot of really My bad. My theory decisions. on this is, is that this is left-handed discrimination. So I thought about that. It looks funky. It does. It does look funky. I will say he takes forever to throw the damn ball in terms of his windup and in terms of his decision-making. He is a slow quarterback. And is that like mental? I don't know. Is that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know. I think, I think there's something to be said about what it looks like to go left and right. That, that just throws me. It really is so confusing it, to me. No, it's very dumb. And so maybe and I'm I, over, maybe I'm overcompensating. Right. I agree with you. It's very dumb, but I feel the same way and it looks unnatural, but get past that. I mean, Michael Vick got the ball out quickly, right? He was left-handed. Um, time, time to throw. Decker's is 2.61, which was okay. 11th. So short, again, short being lower, 11th in the Big 12. But that doesn't say anything about his release, which I think is what you're talking about. Yeah, it's um, the release that, uh, yeah. that bothers me. It's it's, it's a windup. Do you remember when Tim Tebow was a NFL quarterback and not a, a Major League Baseball outfielder? Boy, do I. That's playoff playoff winner, Tim Tebow. Tim so Tebow. that specific throw he made, um, against Steelers in the playoffs. That's how Hunter Deckers throws the ball every damn time. And it kills Yeah, um, it is a little it is a little odd. It is odd. Um he does um, rush for 4.0 yards per attempt and that's 34 design carries, 21 rushes. I would normally say I wish the uh Iowa State offense and the brains behind it would rush their quarterback more, but I'm not sure if that's the answer. His backup. Yeah. Well, again, again, Hunter Decker's rushes, Hunter Decker's rushes weird before we get to the other guy, because he also runs with the ball in his opposite hand and he moves his other hand. And it's just very odd. Yeah, He's a very odd looking player. Does that mean he's bad? I don't know if I'm evaluating for the NFL, maybe I have some thoughts on that. If I'm saying, are you good enough to run the offense that Iowa state wants to run with the players that Iowa state has? I'm I like that, I came to into that Hunter Deckers was actually fine. He was fine. I came in. I this don't podcast. think that he was the reason they were bad last year. I came in on this podcast thinking that uh, Parker was going to stand for Hunter Deckers, and everything he said has maybe one to reduce my grade. But we'll get to that. Um, JJ Cole, <laughs> his backup, is six foot seven, two hundred thirty pounds. That is a large lad. Yeah, that is a, a big mighty. Man. Mighty fella. Yeah. <clears throat> That's um, I have nothing to add about that other than like he is a freakazoid. And at some point they're going to, um, yeah, at some point they're going to bring him in. So I don't know. I think Deckers is good enough. I think there's a general equilibrium effect. They're going to be able to run more, take pressure off 
uh, him, like in, even in the run game, yeah. he's going to be able to give more because that's just going to be able to happen on, on those reads. He wasn't the problem last year, even as he found some reasons to struggle. I think the left-handed thing kind of throws people. Um, and the oil play was prohibitively bad. I'm going to say that Deckers was still a project, but he's far from abysmal. I think he could yeah. still develop into a fine quarterback. I'm going 10 out of 15 on the room. I think he actually stinks. And here's my evidence. Uh, 44% completion rate, uh, past 20 yards, four touchdowns, to one pick, fine, whatever. More crucially, 55% completion rate from 10 to 20 yards, eight touchdowns, 10 picks. Parker, that is actively bad. I'm not sold. This tape is troubling. There's talent, sure. There's also worries. You rated him at a 10 out of 15. I have him as an eight out of 15. Um, that's enough said about Hunter Deckers because Parker's going to – manipulate this podcast and I talk about Hunter every week. We're going to move to running back and talk about uh, Jareel Brock, who is back at lead running back. 99 rushes last year before he got hurt. He had a foot injury. Um, only 2.7 yards out of contact. That's not great. Um, he had 11 rushes over 10 yards. It's one of every nine. So good rate there. Um, Here's a quick question, Parker. Six foot tall, 220 pounds. I don't think that qualifies as brick shit house, but as back. No, he's too too fast. He's just a big, he's just a big boy. Newton is it. Newton is absolutely what's Newton's like what? 5'10", 215 or something. 5'11", 212. I think that's brick shit house. That's one inch shorter, eight pounds lighter, but look at him. Man's a brick shit house. Um, He's back as well. He kind of took over the lead role when Brock got hurt. 87 attempts, uh, 3.6 yards per attempt, which is really bad. I'm going to get to that in a minute. 2.59 yards after contact. Only had nine runs of 10-plus yards, and as long as it was 20. So on 87 attempts, this running back, his longest rush was 20 yards. Um, When Iowa State does run, it's 82% zone. I can't stress enough how boring this offense is. Like, they don't do anything to get their back into um, – I messed up that sentence. They don't do anything to get their backs into space and free them up. It's kind of like we have to run the ball eventually, so here's a run. Um, they run Absolutely. 41%. Last year, like 100%, it was desperation. It was just like we can't – we actually can't pass every down. Um, when, especially when Brock went out, like it was just so bad. They just, the offensive line didn't have any kind of play. And I don't think any of these guys behind Brock really could, uh, have any kind of burst. They put like Noel back there sometimes. And he just wasn't a great running back. Like it was, it was a really bad situation. It was a very bad run room last year. Oh no, I think I lost Grant again. That's great. I'm going to talk about Hunter Decker some more. Uh, <laughs> until Grant comes back, I'll talk about, uh, I think that Brock is a dude. Um, I think they missed a consistent run game, especially in the red zone. Um, but, uh, are we sure that like Brock could have overcome the bad offensive line? I, I don't really know. I'm going to bank on a big bounce back year from him. He only had 2.7 yards after contact for attempt in 22, but I'm sure that injury hampered that. Like that's really hard to yeah. overcome. Um, I'm going to give them an eight out of eight out of 10 for the, for the line. I'm, I'm buying the upside of Brock. I think that they should have a more consistent run game. I'm going to go eight out of 10 here. 
I am, I'm going to be a hater, I suppose. There's no explosiveness in this running back court. Like, there's guys. Brock's a guy, but he's not a dude. Um, I, I wish you could be somewhere else. We had a better offensive line, kind of a more impressive scheme. Parker, I'm giving this a 6 out of 10. I think the running back room stinks. You so, are a hater. I know, and it's all going to get worse because you're moving to wide receivers now. Um, Xavier Hutchinson, who I have tagged as person who is no longer in Ames, uh, accounted for 34% of Iowa State's targets last year. One out of every three balls thrown went to Xavier Hutchinson. Um, so he had, uh, again, I, I, I want to drive this home. 161 targets. Next closest was Jalen Noel at 86. Um, and Hutchinson's uh, average depth of target was 9.2 yards, right? So that's a guy that's going long. This guy's going short. Guy's a safety blanket, whatever. He was out wide, and Hunter Deckers could throw to Xavier Hutchinson. Um, they also lose Sean Saul. Uh, Sean, that's a tough. Sean, Sean Shaw is hard to Shaw? say. Yeah. She Sean sells. Shaw. Seashells by the seashore. Um, Sean Saul Jr., um, who was six on the team of targets, split wide guy. So the return Jalen Noel, great, right? 5'10, 190, slot guy, 81.4% of the time, he lines up inside. Uh, he had 60 receptions on 86 targets. Decent, right? 6.8 uh, average depth of target, 5.3 yards after catch. So he's catching in space and going. Happy for him. Uh, Dimitri Stanley is going to be probably thrown into the role that Hutchinson played. He's six foot 196, um, was out wide 94.1% of the time, had an average depth of target of 11.3 yards. So he's the deep guy. At tight end, you have Deshaun uh, Hanika, uh, 6'6, 238 unit. Um, wish I, I'm fighting to get down to that weight. Uh, I don't want to get in a fight with him, put it that way. Um, his ADOT was uh, 12.4, which is really impressive for a tight end, um, especially when that, that size. So catch the ball and fall down guy, right? Think about Mason Fairchild last week. We talked about Kansas. Same type of guy. They're bringing in Jaden Higgins from Eastern Kentucky. Parker, trivia question. What is Eastern Kentucky's mascot? I am going to guess that is something military. I'm going to okay. say Patriots. Okay. Uh, Patriots, Colonels. You're very close. It's Colonels. Like yeah. Colonels. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. That's a good, that's a good like Kentucky FCS school name. Yeah. 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 That's good. Very fun. Um, but he's 6'4, 215, had 13 touchdowns and 1,151 uh, yards last year in FCS ball. So he's going to be the other wide out. Um, I, I really don't like this unit. That's my analysis. It it got worse. I mean, it was bad last year, and they lost Hutchinson, um, and it got worse. Yeah. They dropped a bunch of balls. Um, they didn't create a lot of separation, and Noel kind of got wasted being a yeah. the wrong kind of gadget guy just because they didn't have the bodies to play anywhere else. So I think that's fair to say that it's a rough unit. Um I, I I don't know if Higgins is the shot in the arm that you want it to be, but like, again, if they can get any kind of run game, maybe these guys can breathe a little bit and, and somebody can sure. be decent. 
Um, but that's kind of hard. I, I I think if if Noah has the right role, Higgins alleviates from pre- some pressure. They're going to need a lot of the tight ends, I think, to really kind of open this up. It's it, it's not great. It's it's not excellent. It wasn't good last year. Um, I'm I'm going five out of ten. I think this is my lowest grade for anyone on this on this team. I'm going five out of ten for the wide receivers. Okay. I think with the amount of dump offs that Iowa State had last year, to where they couldn't rely even with Xavier Hutchinson on a deep ball. Jill and Noel is good, but there's so many question marks, a distinct lack of talent. This is probably the bottom of the recruiting cycle, but it's bad. I, Parker, I'm giving it a four out of 10. This is a Oof, bad yeah. unit. This is really, really it's, bad. It's definitely, I think, the it's it's not the limiting factor because the offensive line is the limiting factor. Which I don't know that, that the lack of that, I don't yeah. know the lack of athleticism in the wide receiver room is going to matter enough because the offensive line is going to be so important. So we'll see. We'll see if it gets to that point. Um, offensive line, not not very good at all last year. Um, 60.8 pass block grade, 60.9 run block grade. Um, they had some in- injuries, uh, guys like Downing, who who's off the NFL. I mean, uh, and, and then Jake Rimsberg, who should take over one of the one of the positions this year, um, was, was hurt last year. And they, so they get him back and like, maybe it'll be a little better. But again, the bodies are, are thin and they're just not very good. Um, if you're believing in this line, you're, you're thinking, um, that you trust Ryan Clanton in one year in less than one off season to, to kind of make some changes. That's really hard. Uh, he, he says, um, that he wants the guys to have bad intentions when they're playing the game. Uh, basically what he's saying is we need some hate and ass linemen, which again, the purple theory podcast very, very much agrees with the fact that every program needs some hate and ass linemen. I'll say this a lot. I want my linemen to have uh, bad intentions is a hell of a line. I respect Ryan yeah. for that. That's- well, and what's interesting is I would urge the readers. I'm not going to like pull up a photo of him right now because I'm really not trying to dunk on him. I just love seeing a quote like that that I think, oh, that is badass. Like I love it. And then seeing yeah. his photo and thinking that is not it's the gentleman that I thought yeah. would say that. Yeah, he's silly, man. I bet he and I could talk about like Hearthstone or something, right? Like, um, I was just surprised. That's pretty cool. Although sometimes those offensive linemen are weird, right? Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't think they ask a ton of this unit. We'll kind of gloss over it. Uh, I think it's going to be something like Hufford, Simmons, Traber, Rimsberg, Ross are going to be the guys that play. Mm. Rimsberg's good. Everybody else. Eh. Ross was a good run blocker. That's about all you can say for it. Um, but uh, they don't ask a ton of this unit. Uh, last year, they were they were just incompetent just i mean on their ass literally and figuratively um if clanton can come in and get some fire into them maybe they'll bounce back you have to imagine their health will approve i'm i'm gonna vote for some positive regression here and say the best case scenario for this offensive line is fine and so i'm gonna say they're at a nine out of 15 to start the season that's about their ceiling for me first and foremost i think a positive progression would be the term because positive regression is impossible. I well regression to the mean. So if they performed on this, you know, on a distribution and the means here, yeah, they here, to I'd the expect next year. You know what? Here's the regress positive regression, whatever. <laughs> Parker and I are going to fight about definitions of how this works. Uh Parker, you know who regressed this... positively to the mean of our hearts? Open your Who's Bibles, that? kids. Wow. <laughs> You know, this unit is experience. What's your grade? <laughs> this unit is experience. Parker, you want to say it with me? Experience is only good. Return to production is only good. 
Only if good when the production is good. Yep. Production is good. I would not trust these guys to protect my dog. This is an eight out of fifteen. It's a bad, bad. I love four. It's not good. They're they're not a great unit. I I, I love this because I think what's interesting is um, I'm finding myself as I put the numbers down, like mm-hmm. putting the grades down. I find myself being a little more positive than I think I normally would be. And I think you're being a little more negative, not in the sense that yes. one of those is bad. I'm just interested in like, I love the exercise of putting numbers to paper. That's why we do it. Yeah. These are going to change. These are going to be wrong. It's just cool to get this um, thing here. Yeah. So that gives you a 29 out of 50 grade on the offense. Uh, and I'm I have a double checking. Yeah. Yeah. I have a 32 29. out of 50 grade on the offense. Um, so okay. not much better, maybe a field goal, but, but not much better. Um, and so even though we well, had I've some bad disagreements news. there, <laughs> bad news because we're going to the defense. Uh, this is See? John. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. This is John Hecox's unit. Uh, been the DC for a bit there at Iowa State. So I do want to credit um, Joseph Acosta at uh, SB Nation. Is that group. is that the homie JP Acosta? Yes, I believe it is. Yes, uh, my, my man. Who follow him on yeah, Twitter? Good guy. Who wrote a great article. Uh, breaking down kind of what Iowa State does. But it's uh, also he interviews our friend Cody Alexander, which, hell yeah, um, go read um, match quarters. Um, I have it on my nightstand. Anyway, so they kind of run – it's a three three five, but it's kind of a modified three three five. The focus of the defense is on, on, on the shell on the back end, right, where they – switch up the coverage, do whatever. Their main goal is to prioritize the best, uh, uh, the best athletes on the field and get them involved. Um, the problem, Parker, the best athletes have all left, especially on the back end, which is not good news for Iowa State. The defensive line holds up, um, but the rest I'm not sure about. So we're going to address a couple things. Key questions. Who's going to fill the roles at linebacker? Right There's three linebacking spots, two, because Jerry Bond returns, that need to be filled. Can Doesn't the Mike Rose line... still have some eligibility? Uh, I, dude, he's been there for 10 years. Somehow he's still not there. Or Ryan Vance just left, and he was there when we first met at Big 12 Media yeah. Days, and he just left. Um, can the defensive line be as effective as it was last year? And just straight up, are there enough dudes, are there enough athletes to make the 3 through 5 work? Um, you and I both have experience talking about the three three five from last year and uh, covering TCU. So curious to hear your takes, but, but take a step. But with a shout out to a shout out to Coach Bass, the three three five that Iowa State runs is not the three three five that TCU. Oh, it's runs. different. No, one hundred percent. They're personnel 100%. groupings. They're not. Yeah, they're different. Yeah, they're different. Like I said, they're trying to maximize athletes, and I, I watching that defense to me, the focus is on the back end. But anyway, so. Take us to the defensive line. What are we looking at? Who's back? Who's left? Etc. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm 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 trusting the turnover here. I'm saying this program has earned the benefit of the doubt on the defensive side of the ball to fill the holes and not completely fall off. So I, I I'm going to be a little more optimistic about this defensive line. Um, okay. Isaiah Lee is still a dude on the inside. He's six foot two ninety two. I think that is butterball status. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and apply that to him. But he's a big strong dude. Um, uh, I, I have a question a, about that. Okay. Yeah. Because Singleton 
is 6'2", 300, and you have him listed as stout. That is 2 inches and 10 pounds, 8 pounds. Yeah, but the 2 inches matter a lot there. It's not exponential. They do. I, I don't think Lee's a butterball. I think he's stout, but that's fine. Well, they're both they're both stout there that 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 tackle and then Singleton plays like the heavier end kind of tackle yeah. guy. So he won't be the edge rusher, edge rusher. He'll still pressure, but it's kind of the the stouter run fitting guy. Um, still kind of a question about who's going to take over at the edge. Um, Onya Dim uh, played a lot there a little bit. Um, Izogu and Menduzen, uh, I believe, is, is how you say both of those are, are guys that rotated through last year. Um, somebody has to step up, but the, the answer is going to be one of those guys has played in Campbell's system, played in played in Heacock's system for a couple of years, should be good to go. So I'm not worried about it. They had 133 pressures last year as an offensive line. Um, they're a super disruptive unit, but they, they do a lot of non-statistical work in terms of funneling people towards the towards the run fits in, in terms of taking the edge off the linebackers. So I do, I mean, they lost two NFL guys. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that that losing Will McDonald is something you yeah. can just mitigate. But last year, I think I would have had them. We didn't do this exercise. I would have had this unit as a 14 or 15 last year. So I'm going to rank them. Um, probably I'm going to, I'm going to rank them a little bit lower with a legacy vote, but, but it's still, it's still pretty high just because I, I, again, I think they've earned the benefit of the doubt. Um, uh, I I don't think the ceiling's as high as last year, but they're pretty solid. Nonetheless, I'm going to go 11 out of 15 on the defensive line. Okay. I, I like Hecox's uh, scheme. I think he kind of planes around his lack of talent pretty well. Um, but I am still a bit worried for the front just because of the people that he lose. Um, you're all system guys. That's not nothing. I mean, it's, they fit the system. Um, I just don't know if there's enough dudes there. So I'm going to give him a 10 out of 15. Um, so one point lower than you, but yeah. Um, I Parker, I have real trouble with the linebacking core. Like I, um, to the point where I don't think it's like actually good. Okay, again, legacy legacy vote here, and they get a transfer sure. in. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not burying them. I don't think it's amazing, but again, I think that I trust the continuity. I don't think they will be like the best unit in the Big Twelve, but in terms of total impact, I think they're going to be set up well, and they're going to have a really good defensive secondary okay. to help them. Can I uh, kind of move things around? And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a little higher on them. I think that's fine. Can I make my argument? And you, you tell me Please. where I've gone wrong. Okay. So, Orion fans, gone. Uh, salute the King. He was one of the first people when we started writing about TCU football. Uh, I did a series for Frogs of War called Enemy at the Gates, and I wrote extensively about Orion Vance. That was in 2019, so he's been there for forever. Um, Colby Reader was also gone. He had the third most snaps at linebacker. Kendall Jackson is gone. The fourth most snaps at linebacker. Who returns? You're asking. Jerry Vaughn, good, good linebacker. Uh, decent pass cover. He lines up in slot occasionally. So into three three five, he's going to be outside. Um, he'll take the inside receiver if necessary. Take the running back, etc. Um, he also had the most tackles on the team. Fifty four tackles last year. Solid player. No worries there. There's nobody left. Will McLaughlin. Uh, his tackle grade on PFF, 38.3. Yep. yep. But it's not as bad as Carson Willick, who had a 29.3. He had four missed tackles and four actual tackles. 
and also gave up three catches on three coverage reps. So again, I don't mean to pick on a kid. I'm saying that's the death chart that Iowa State has a linebacker. They do add Zach Lovett from Missouri, um, who's a three-star transfer, 6'2", 230, so big dude. But he played a lot of special teams with Missouri. He didn't start at linebacker or anything. It's probably better than what they got. So when you and I were filling out the death chart for Iowa State this year, I, I, I have no idea who the third guy is going to be. Parker, this is a bad unit. Tell me where I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a bad unit. I think it's a unit that's going to have some turnover. I think Vaughn is a good anchor. I think it's a unit where guys can play a little freer and looser, knowing that they have some help on the back end. Um, and I think that a guy like Lovett, who's played, will, will provide a good body there. Um, uh, Lovett and McLaughlin specifically will will be guys that, that potentially could break out. Looking at both McLaughlin and Willich, I think it's important to look at like total snaps. When you look at the grades, they didn't play very much. 61 for Willich and McLaughlin had mm, 156. So not a ton. Um, and they weren't good grades, but you've got to wonder like how many of those snaps were like when they were down 30 to 10 against TCU. Sure. Um, and, and so some of that game state stuff matters. Also, this is a developmental program. Like these guys are going to develop um, and they're going to. Um, oh, yeah. So like McLaughlin, dude, poor kid. Uh, yeah. Four snaps against SEMO, 15 against Ohio, nine against Kansas, two against Kansas State, 24 okay. against Texas. 42 against Oklahoma. Good luck, kid. Um, he also, yeah, so, uh, so he, he also, and again, I, I hate to pick on a kid. We're, we're not picking on Will McLaughlin. He has six tackles and five missed tackles. Yeah. It's not ideal. Um, but I do think that situations matter there. And I think, I think yeah. I believe in a developmental program like Iowa state to be able to get these defensive linemen or defensive linebackers to, to where they need to be. Again, we didn't know guys like Mike Rose, right? We didn't know who that was. We didn't know who Orion Vance was until he started being Orion Vance. So like, uh, I, I I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. If you pick them up and plop them on a different unit on a different team, maybe their deficiencies would be a little more magnified. But generally for me, I'm going to say these guys have enough of a leash in the system that they're playing in, coupled with the development aspect of Campbell. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give them um, an 8 out of 10 here. An 8? Wow. This is going to be the biggest, I think, discrepancy that we have. Um, this unit stinks, man. I, I, I have no confidence in them. The middle of the field should be open for anyone who wants to take it. Jerry Vaughn can be in a foxhole with me any day of the week, but this is a four out of 10, man. Yeah, it's a four. I, I, it's a four. I disagree. I can see how it could be that bad. I don't think it is that bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've never been wrong. So we'll see how that works. <laughs> um, let's um, burn through defensive ends and, yeah, or defensive or backs. Defensive backs. We still got to yeah. do schedule. And we've still got to do um, who we're doing next week. So I'll talk about this quickly. I think this is easy. This is a good unit. Um, well, I'm actually um, the best named unit, I think, of any unit. Uh, Miles Purchase and TJ Tampa are incredible yeah. names. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty good names. Um, while we talked, I actually bumped this up to a nine. I was just thinking about it a little more. So I have I have the cornerbacks or the defensive backs at a nine. Um mm-hmm. 
purchase in Tampa, most, most coverage snaps on the team last year at cornerback 10, um, 70 combined tackles, 51.2 and 46.5 receptions allowed, um, totally, um, Purchase had no pass breakups. Tampa had eight. You have a very clear, like kind of boundary and field physical and running um, cornerback duo there. So I think they're, I think they're really nice uh, in terms of they have the long guy who can match up and they have the short guy who can kind of be around the field. Um, and then, and then you bring back Freiler, who was kind of your run stopper. He was third in tackles at that safety position, fill in those gaps, hard hitting guy. You'll see him flying the ball. Um, they do lose uh, slot corner Anthony Johnson Jr. got drafted by Green Bay. Good for him. Um, you could see Kyle or Cooper slot in here. It's going to be another Campbell guy. It's just going to be a guy. Somebody's going to step up and, and fill in there. Um, they return a ton of the rotation. Uh, they have plenty of bodies even beyond Kyle and Cooper to replace Johnson. Uh, I, I'm going to call this the anchor of the defense, and I'm going to give them a 9 out of 10 here. Um, I think this is a solid, consistent unit. I think they've raised the ceiling of this defense substantially. I think 9 out of 10 is uh, hasty, Parker. I'm going to give them a 7 out of 10. I think they're a solid unit, probably the best unit on the Iowa State defense, but I'm not sold on their – especially at safety. Anyway. Um, okay. Do you want to do schedule? Do you want to watch it? Yeah. So you had, um, uh, you had a, I had a 28 out of 35 on defense. You had a 21 out of 35 on defense. So I think that's going to be, that's going to end up being like our most glaring disagreement. I think, um, that I don't yeah, think. I it, it, it's, it's, So, uh, yeah. also we have to give the, the, uh, the coaching and special teams grade. No, there's yeah, no special teams. A, so that's just I a thought Matt to me. Campbell, a, uh, a point there. I, I have it as a nine. Um, I have it as a nine too. I just immediately said, uh, I gave Campbell all this coaching credit in the development of the defense. And then I took away six points because on average over the season, they're worth a dumb touchdown of special teams yeah. nonsense. So this is very funny. You have, I will say at a 69 rating. Nice. Uh, I have them at a 59. So we are 10 points off. We are. This will be a a a trend that we track um, across the rest of the season. So I have them at a thirty two point five expected win percentage against the average FBS team and a sixteen point two percent chance to make a bowl. You have them at a sixty one point nine average win percentage and an eighty seven point three chance to make a bowl. But note that's against. So that's win win against an average team, and then. Probability of bowl if their if their schedule was filled with only average teams. Yeah, so that's uh, not the case. Right, so it's not course. necessarily. Yeah. Um, and and I will say with these um, next next week, Grant, I think we'll have enough teams on here we could like actually share this and, and people could see the graphic and that'll be yeah. fun to kind of fill out. Um, I, I have Iowa State as a sixty nine. I have Kansas as a sixty three. That means that on a neutral field, I have Iowa State favored by six. You have cool. Kansas, Kansas favored, favored by, by five, five. Yep. on a neutral field. Yep. Okay. And so we'll be able to test that this fall and update it. Yeah. And I think that's really fun. So um, should be, should be really, really interesting to see how these kind of work out together. Yeah. Um, let's do schedule predictions. I actually yep. put mine in here, but I'm going to change I most yeah. of them, I think. So I'm going to delete mine. I got to be honest with you. It's kind of scummy of you doing schedule predictions uh, beforehand. We're supposed to do these well, reaction. I know, but we were prepping. Like we, were just, we were prepping really we were fast. Prepping, listen, we did a lot of work. I'm just saying, I, I, I don't. 
I don't. And the best way to get a right answer is to write down the wrong answer. So that's kind of what I did here. That's their over under is five and five or five point five right now according to BetUS. So we're talking is bowl eligibility. Is that are they going to get there? Um, All right, let's do it. You go first. I'll go after the slash. Uh, FCS Northern Ireland. Uh, Uh, Northern Ireland. They're playing IRA actually. Uh, (laughs) I have them as a win against Northern Iowa, even though they still coordinated and gave uh, the Panthers something to fight about. Come on, you black and tans. Um, And then I think I lost your audio there. Oh, can you hear me now? What great timing! Yeah, your mouth's moving. Nothing's happening. Oh, this is truly the worst Big Twelve podcast um, that has ever happened. Uh, Okay, so Northern Iowa, I'm going to say win. I think they lose to Iowa overall. Um, Ohio Mac team, that's going to be a win. Uh, Grant has this. Are they playing at Ohio? I should look at this. Iowa State. Can you hear me now? Schedule 2023. Uh, I still can't hear you. I'm just kind of rolling until I can. That's fantastic. Until I can hear Uh, you. Keep talking. Um, Iowa State football schedule 2023. I I would unplug your microphone and try again so we can go from there. They are playing at Ohio. Who? Why? How? When and where? Yep. Nope. I still I still don't have you. Um, I'm gonna let's let's I'm gonna mute you in here. I'm gonna unmute you. I was muted. I'm gonna take you off the broadcast. Show my face, and I'm going to bring you back. Anything? Can you hear me now? No, nothing. Okay, well, um, happens. Technology is technology. No big deal. Kind of annoying for us to us there, but that's something that we are just trying to figure out. No big deal. Um, I, I'm going to keep walking through the schedule. Grant, if you join, you can give me yours. Otherwise, we'll um, tweet them out or something. Uh, or, or tweet our final records. If you want to enter yours into the Google Doc grant, I could read those off. I think that would be a solution where we could um, work from work from there and then kind of go uh, go from there. So I have oh, I heard a little something, but then nothing. Um, I have Northern Iowa as a win. I have uh, oh, there you go. I got oh, you. There we go. Oh, I just had a curse. Sweet, we're back. Um, we are back. back. I didn't All hear right. it. Uh, I do hope that everyone that is listening or watching to this can now understand what it's like to be in the Purple Theory podcast. Um, Northern Iowa, <laughs> that is a win for Iowa State. Uh, Iowa is a loss for Iowa State. You were talking about this, and I was somehow muted. Playing at Ohio is insane. I don't yeah, know why don't Iowa State is going to Athens. understand why they're doing that. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. Um, so we're now in still water, correct? Uh, or yes, so in we're, Ames, we're both two and one. We agree. Yeah. Oklahoma state. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma state's a loss. I th- think since it's in Ames, I'm tempted to call it a win. Okay. I think I'm going to go win three and one. Yeah. I'm going to go win. Okay. You go, you're, you're saying loss. Uh, I'm saying I win. Okay. I, I, I think this team stinks. Um, they are at Oklahoma the next week. I think that is a loss. Yep. Actually, uh, no, that's good. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I I don't think they. I'm gonna kind of hedge. They don't beat Oklahoma State and TCU. I don't care which one it is. So I, I'm gonna go hosting TCU. I'm gonna go loss there just because I picked win for Oklahoma State. I don't hmm. think that they. I don't think they beat both of those teams. Okay. I think they beat TCU. So give me win there. Okay. At Cincinnati, 
I think win. that's a win. Yeah. Yeah. Scott Satterfield wants to be Matt Campbell. Um, at Baylor. That podcast is going to be dismal. We're going to have to like, uh, man, yeah, we're gonna have to listen wait. to happy music or something. Yeah. I know. Um, at, at Baylor's a loss for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think I agree. I think I agree. They're losing. They're losing there. Kansas at home. I think both of us had that as a loss for Kansas last week. So I'll go win um, for Iowa State. Because we had Kansas on like a seven game well. losing streak. Yeah. Yeah. That got depressing. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go win there. BYU stinks. It's at BYU. I'll coin toss and say loss. We are agreeing on most of these. I think I'm going to say loss at, on the road at BYU. Yeah. Home for Texas. I think Texas will be rolling because they'll put Arch Manning uh, in a quarterback. That is a loss for Iowa State. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. So that puts them going one and three headed to the Kansas State game at the end of the season, which is a loss. So. So I have them at one, yeah, two, I'm go three, four. I have them, uh, I'm sorry, one, two, three, four, five. I, wait, one, two, I can't count. One, two, I think we both have three, them at four, five, five and seven. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, that is disappointing. That feels like a bummer. That feels like worse than I think they'll be. If I had to pick the over, I'd still think over. I still, I still think that like the losses that I have, Iowa, Baylor, BYU, Kansas State, Texas. No way. No way those are all losses. My probability on those is the margin on that is super thin. There's no way. So I would say over, even though I'm projecting a five and a half straight up, we did this by probabilities. I think I would say over five and a half. I think they go to a bowl. I think they stink. And I think five <laughs> is optimistic, but that is my take. Parker, do, uh, are you excited to learn what team we're going to preview next week? Have everybody, yeah, lined up. yeah, we should. I have the random, we should do that. Okay, I'm gonna put it in the uh, I'm gonna put it in the spreadsheet so that we know. Yeah, I have it. Are you ready? Yeah, three, Girl, please, two, one. TCU, look at that. Oh, very Doing fun. The horn All right, frog. TCU. All right, there you go. Doing the frogs next week. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Again, we've never done one of these like this for TCU. Yeah. Um, kind of yeah. the outsider's perspective. So I think this will be fun to kind of treat them as an exercise and see where we land and put some fresh eyes on them. So should be a lot of fun. Also, I, it works out well. will be a light prep week for us in terms of reviewing film and stuff because <laughs> yeah. we're familiar with last Turns week. Turns out so we know the person should be kind of, well. of okay. Yeah. I'll say right now, I'll give us 15 minutes at the beginning to talk about how stupid TCU has been this offseason and how absolutely idiotic the program has has kind of um, been. And then we'll hit a timer and say, all right, we're done with it. And uh, and then we'll talk about TCU objectively. So if you want to fast forward through that, uh, you guys are more than welcome to. But know that we'll we'll segment it off and then we'll just talk about the, the football objectively like we have with every other team. I don't think we need 15. We can boil it down to five, man, because it's pretty obvious. Yeah, probably five. Yeah. 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 Uh, Yes, that is the plan for next week. Parker, you are optimistic on the Iowa State Cyclones, which is a sentence I never thought I would say. Well, optimistic to the tune of six wins. So, My name is Grant McGalliard. You can find me on Twitter, <laughs> at Grant McGalliard, spelled like it sounds, with all those vowels. He is Parker Fleming. He is at Stats of War on Twitter. 
he's considering paying for Twitter Blue, which I will stop this podcast if that happens. Um, we are part of the Republic of Football Podcast Network uh, with Dave Campbell's Texas Football, um, and we're very proud to be so. You can watch us on YouTube. You can uh, listen to us on any radio podcast. And we'll be back next week to talk about this more. So, we'll have a good night.